You are listening to episode 368 of The Daily Grind. So as you know, I decided to rebuild my website using Wix. After years of frustration with just putting up with what I had, I decided to start with a blank slate and design my website the way I wanted it. And that's why I chose Wix. I was able to choose from over 500 amazing templates to get the exact feel and look that I was wanting. I was able to customize my site easily and add and move things where I wanted to ultimately optimize the experience for the visitor. The site has actually been completed for some time now. I'm just doing some final touch-ups and adding the 350 plus episodes, which as you can imagine, takes some time. But what would have costed me thousands of dollars and months of time, I have completed super inexpensively in only a few short weeks. Furthermore, Wix is actually designed for any device, desktop and mobile, which as you can imagine, being in 2019 is super important and valuable. Along with it, the amazing SEO capabilities that Wix presents saves me a whole bunch of time and money. And SEO, as you know, when it comes to blogging, podcasts, video, is super important for growth and viewership. Ultimately, what I've learned is that building a website doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to cost thousands of dollars and it doesn't have to waste a whole bunch of your time. It can actually be really cheap, inexpensive, and enjoyable using Wix. To get started with Wix yourself today for 15% off and build the site optimized for you and your business and your customers, go to wix.com forward slash podcast. Again, that is wix.com forward slash podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention to you about a uh, new inner circle group that I have created just for you, Daily Grind listeners. If you listen to the show, um, I'm sure you've heard this a whole bunch. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And uh, I had a big problem with masterminds and groups, especially early on in my career, because I couldn't find one that really suited me, um, that had like-minded people working towards a similar goal. I found like a lot of the masterminds was more coaching. It was just like, just they're going to tell me what I should be doing, when oftentimes they've never done what I've wanted to do. So you know, it's, it's hard to, to give advice on that. And what I found really effective is is getting people together who share the same dreams, who share the same goals and visions for what they want in life. And you guys can act as accountability partners in groups of five in order to start leveling up your life, making more money. We bring in exclusive guests, interviews, offers. I jump in consistently in order to help you. But truly, it is about you guys really coming together and bringing each other up and having your whole group succeed um, because there's nothing more satisfying than having a group of like-minded people together, you know, leveling up together and watching each other succeed. So if you want to be part of that group or to start, if you're interested in joining that group, super simply, I've put a link in the description of this podcast. You're going to see a link that says survey. You're going to go ahead and take that survey. It's super short. On average, it's taking people around four minutes and 52 seconds to complete. Ideally, I want to get a good sense of where you are, who you are, what you want in life. And if I feel like it's a good fit, we can get you started with the process. But I want to make sure it's a good fit for you. And if you're interested in that, go ahead and take the free survey at the beginning or below, sorry, in the description of the podcast. You're going to see it in the show notes. Just go ahead, take the survey, and uh, we will be in touch.
Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Daily Grind. On today's episode, we sit down with Mr. Christian Zerone. In 2014, while studying law, 19-year-old Christian Zerone started selling pre-owned watches from his college dorm room. Fast forward to 2019, and he's turning over $2.3 million a year through Theo and Harris, his luxury watch shop, and his website generates 3 million monthly page views using free traffic strategies. Today on the show, Christian shares his amazing entrepreneurial journey and how he did this. So everyone, be sure you have a pen, piece of paper, sit back, and dive deep in today's interview with Christian Zerone. Enjoy. Well, Christian Zerone, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? Thanks so much for having me on, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for being here. And uh, Christian, if you wouldn't mind for some listeners out there being first introduced to you, just speaking a little bit more on who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, no problem. I'm 23, so I'm a fairly young entrepreneur. Uh, Theo and Harris uh, is, is my company. Started it in college, um, so it's four years old now. Uh, wow. Primarily, what we started doing was uh, was retailing vintage watches, particularly Rolex. And, and of course, you know, the more money we got, the, the better the watches uh, be, uh, became. And uh, the company evolved into a bit of a media company. So now our, hmm. our media revenue basically matches, or our media profit basically matches our, 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 um, our retail profit. So we're a pretty, uh, pretty well-balanced company at this point, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty damn proud of us. Good for you, man. <clears throat> let's, uh, let's go back. Like, let's go back to your college days. Like, how did this all get started for you? Yeah, long story short, I mean, I really just I, I tried my hand at a couple of regular jobs. I was I worked at a Lord and Taylor and then a shoe store, like a local store, and and I was I was let go from both of them almost immediately after <laughs> being hired. Um, not for stealing, not for anything, you know, uh, felonious. Just because I really was not good. I was I guess I was a bit lazy, and there was really nothing to be proud of. Um, of course, you know, if you want to look at it positively, you say, oh, well, there you go. You know, it's perfect. You know, proof that he was a born entrepreneur. But if, at, the, at the time, you know, when you look at it and you say, wow, you're just a, you're just an asshole. Like you, I don't know if you can curse. I'm sorry, but no, go you know, ahead. you're just, uh, you're just an asshole. Like you can't hold down even, even like a, like a crappy job. Like what's, what's wrong with you? So that's kind of where I was at, at that point in time. I was really unsure in my own ability. Um, I wasn't sure if something greater was happening or if I was just a total loser. Uh, so, so I went to my mom and I said, you know, Hey, listen, obviously this isn't working. I don't need to tell you this. Y- you know it. Um, I think I need to do something that I'm actually passionate about. Otherwise, I will never be successful. And she said, well, what the hell does that mean? And I said, watches. And that's how it all started. Why watches? Honestly, it was just the one thing that I was interested in reading about. I really just – I just liked watches. You know, I was interested okay. in, in, in the history and the mechanics and things like that. Um, it, you know, I was, I, was, I was 19 and I – you know, apart from, you know, nudie mag, I guess that was like the only <laughs> thing that was – you know, that, that had my attention. So, uh, so that was it. So you had this attention on watches. That's what you were interested in. How did you start selling them online? So I need I needed some money. Uh, I don't come from a rich family by any means, and and I and I hadn't accumulated any personal savings because I hadn't been working. I think my two checks from Lord and Taylor ended up being something like eighty dollars. So nice. really, my own you know <laughs> personal net worth was quite insignificant. Uh, so I went to my parents, and I knew that I had some some birthday money and some stock that my great grandfather had let me uh, left me, and it ended up being like ninety eight hundred dollars. So obviously, super super grateful. If it weren't for him and the ninety eight hundred dollars, I wouldn't be where I am today. 
way. But in the grand scheme of you know investment, certainly was not a significant number. Um, but I took the $9,800 um, while my competitors in this business started off with you know hundreds of thousands and sometimes millions. And I said, okay, cool. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start buying a bunch of watches. I'm gonna yeah. turn all this valuable stock that I have you know into a bunch of old watches. So uh, so I just invested and then I, I just had to sell them. So how did you learn about what watches to buy, what were valuable? Was this something that you were just constantly, like you had an interest in, so you had that knowledge around the topic? Yeah, I mean, I, I had a pretty pretty decent understanding of of you know the mechanics of the watch industry, but but the hard the hard part was you know the mechanics of watch trading um, that that are at least you know out there only come into the more expensive you know models. So mm-hmm. everything that I knew about trading watches was irrelevant. I was buying and selling very cheap watches. So you know the only kind of math that I did in my head was, okay. If I can acquire something a little bit lower than I'm seeing it elsewhere and then put some work into it, meaning, you know, whether that's servicing, restoration, or even if that's just marketing and branding, I can sell it for more than I bought it. Simple understanding of business. Um, but but we took it from there and, and we just, you know, improved upon our system. Who when you started this, did you were you all by yourself or did you have some people that were doing it with you? Yeah, I, so I, I started from day one with two other people. Okay. Um, I, I'm the I'm the only owner, uh, but um, which was kind of a weird thing in the beginning to hog equity of a company that's worth nothing. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I knew this was my only shot, right? So I, I had to, I had to I had to be the only owner. Yeah. Uh, so Anna was uh, Anna, who now is our director of content and advertising. At the time, was just a college kid, a little bit younger than I was, with a Canon camera and no idea how to use it, and uh, then a webmaster. Who, uh, who his name is Aaron? He's uh, he's in his mid thirties and he lives in Hawaii. And he had uh, he had worked for some friends of mine and some relatives. So I got the connection there. So it was like this three you know this odd bunch of three people, <laughs> two of whom were totally inexperienced in college and had really no idea what to do. Uh, and then a webmaster who was just like, hey, I you know I'm I'll do this well. But unless you guys do your jobs, my job means nothing. So we were like you know we were definitely an underdog team. So you start off as the underdog team. When did you guys really like when did this really start to pick up? When did the business you guys look at each other and be like, wow, like we really have something. You know, I feel like when you when you're starting, you know, there are there are moments in the beginning in the first year where you feel like you're onto something, but really that was just you know the rosé talking. You know, I remember <laughs> I remember being fairly confident from like, you know, day four. Every once in a while, not every day, but yeah. I remember being fairly confident. You know, out of nowhere or getting a rush and saying, "This is gonna work." You know, I'm gonna make a million dollars. This is all this is all gonna be good, and you're all gonna be glad you trusted me. But really, I had no idea if that was true and it was really basically total BS um, because at the time there was there was just there was just no you know evidence to support my thesis you know yeah. uh, I didn't it didn't really become successful until two a little over two years in um, actually a little under two years in so like a year and eight months and uh, it was October and I remember looking at the PL and saying okay wow this is working holy shit okay let's just keep doing what we're doing you know what i mean yeah so how old like you're 23 right now when you started it you were what 20 years old i think it was 19 19 i think it was 19 wow so i mean you're young were you into like when you started the business were you into self-educating yourself at that time 
No, I mean, I watched I watched um, two pieces of content. I watched Gary V. Yeah. Uh, I, I grew up basically in his town. I grew up going to Wine Library twice a week with my dad. So Gary was like the super like local hero of mine. Um, and he, he's the one that kind of inspired me not to pursue a more kind of traditional uh, a career. You know, I was going to be an attorney, and that was a really bad idea. So you know, he pushed me not to do that. He also pushed me onto video content. And then as, as funny as it may sound, um, the, 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 the Profit, which is a TV show, it's Marcus Lemonis, yep. it's, uh, it's investor, the CEO of Camping World, you know, goes around and invests in businesses. And, and it's, it's by no means a genius show. By no means does he share his incredible insights into the mechanics of business. But in the simplest way, you know, he really does break down how to run an effective business. Mm. And at the time, that was that, that was it. I mean, my college degree is in is in religion. So I have absolutely no formal schooling in business and definitely in certain aspects of my business, that is evident. Um, but with a little bit of help, you know, we uh, we built something that was real. So you start building this business, it's working in watches. When did you start to get into media and why did you want to kind of move into that direction? So we got into the watch retail. We launched that in February, I believe, of 2015. And uh, and watches weren't really selling. Of course, we had just started. We had no client base. Yeah. You know, we, we, had, we had nothing. We had no momentum. Um, but it wasn't until we went on YouTube, which I believe was either August or rather September of, of that same year. So several months later that uh, that you know a community started to 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 grow and i got on youtube you know because of gary vaynerchuk and my dad yeah. you know obviously in, independently they both said go on youtube you have a personality you can educate you can entertain just do it so uh, it was at that point that we said okay you know let's start a youtube channel so we can sell more watches little did we know Three years later, you know, the YouTube channel would ended up would end up being an asset in and of itself. I mean, you know, we do 2.3 million minutes a month on YouTube, wow. and, uh, and and you know, advertisers, you know, obviously want quite a bit to you know to be talked about on our channel. Of course, we're we're picky, but there's revenue, you know. So so that's you know that's kind of we we kind of stepped in shit in a way. I mean, we didn't even realize what we were doing, but we were doing it. What type of content were like when you started on YouTube? What type of content were you putting out? It was it was bad. I mean, I'm so embarrassed <laughs> of so much of our content. It's freaking mortifying. Um, but uh, we started to put out my my opinions on the market, my experiences. You know, at the time. Uh, I guess I was 19. I was very insecure in what I was and what we were doing. And, you know, like the coping method for insecurity is overconfidence. And, you know, I got up there on YouTube like I was this authority in the business, which was so untrue. I mean, I was so, so naive and inexperienced. So I definitely regret that approach in the beginning. Um, but I wouldn't go back and redo it. I mean, it ended up evolving yeah. into what it is now. Um, but, you know, it was the, the lesson to be learned there is you're going to do it wrong. Like we did it so, so wrong for so long. 100%. Um, but it's all part of the process, which sounds cheesy as shit, but it's truth. It's true. Like, how many videos, like how long did it take you before you started to get comfortable in front of the camera? Because there's a lot of people listening who are thinking about starting a YouTube channel or a podcast or whatever it is. They have content they want to put out and they are scared shitless, <laughs> right? Like how long uh, did yeah. it take you? You know, the, the truth is I think that... Uh, 
I think that I was always fairly comfortable in front of the camera. You have good days and bad days. Still, t t until today, I've been in like 800 YouTube videos, and until today, if I'm having a bad day, the last thing I want to see is that camera. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would be lying to say I haven't gone on one of those, uh, those like Bill O'Reilly, you know, uh, fuck it, let's do it live, you know, things. It's it's so true. <laughs> I've I've gone I've gone nuts doing it. Um, until today. That being said, you know, you do get a little bit more comfortable, but. Um, you're always going to get the criticism. You know, I hired my mom a couple of months ago, and uh, she's our office manager now. And uh, when when she first started reading the YouTube comments, one of her jobs is to monitor the YouTube comments. When okay. she first started reading them, um, she she was like, "Wow, people are so mean," you know. And that's one of the most terrible things. It doesn't really bother me much anymore, but I feel so bad for those people that are looking to start a business that you know feel like their content and their brain, if they were to develop it, would be of value. And yet they go on YouTube, they work up the nerve and the courage and they put in the work and then some asshole, you know, comments something like, you know, you, you know, you, 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 you moron fag, you know, yeah. it's like, it's insane. I'm like, you, you're such a piece of garbage, you know? Uh, and, and that's going to hurt people. It just is like, you know what I mean? Whether you're, whether you're dumb or smart or, or gay or straight, like the insult validity is, is irrelevant. It still hurts. The fact that someone out there could have such res resentment toward you affects you. So, you know, that definitely affected me for a little while, but, um, but luckily I just, you know, I, I tried not to pay it any mind and, and got through it. And, and that's really like, I'm a big believer in building that muscle. Cause I think that's the one thing that holds people back, especially now with the social media that we have and the ability that like, you can comment on anything and everything, um, the ability to, to quiet the outside noise. And I think not only the negative, but the positive, I think a lot of people just will ignore the negative and look at the positive and just feeding into their ego. And that's not helping either. No, it's not. I mean, you know, I, I've, I, we have, we have so many critics, we don't have that many critics, but it's the, the, the most negative voice is always the loudest, right? We have, we have plenty of critics yep. and, and some of them and their delivery is, 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 is wrong. And it's definitely indicative of who they are as a person, but some of it's real, some of it's right. You know, I mean, there was a guy on, on Instagram not too long ago that, that I, he's a, he was an, a kind of an arrogant child and, and he was a fairly successful, you know, middle-aged guy. And, and the way that he would, you know, the, send me messages on Instagram showed that he really just on a personal level did not like me and, and, and he obviously had nothing better to do but to kind of bully through Instagram despite the fact that you're 55 and probably worth $11 million. I don't understand why you're doing this, but you are. That being said, you know, I would always respond because I felt, okay. Hey, this person, they're some loser in their mind. You know, that yeah. they are they are someone that is on some level intelligent. Eventually, he's going to have something smart to say. And, and sure as shit, months in, we finally had a conversation. When I think when he realized he wasn't getting under my skin, we finally had a conversation. And his insight was real. You know, and, and I was like, boom, there you go. You know, some of some of the, the haters actually have smart things to say, and and his insight, you know, if I were to quantify it, could have been worth tens of thousands of dollars. It's so true, and, and it's you have to like you're gonna have comments out there that are like you're a dick, and that's like you can't do anything about that because it really has nothing. It's like okay, thanks, man. But I think there is stuff out there. I mean, I remember interviewing someone, and uh, I was so caught up in what they were saying that I was constantly being like, wow, it's amazing. It's amazing. And after he's like, 
dude, you say amazing too much. And I remember being like crushed at the moment. I'm like, fuck, like really? It's so embarrassing. But then I thought about it and I'm like, wow, that's really valuable uh, like feedback because now I know that I'm not going to do that next time. I'm going to stay like us, but it really helps. And it's the way you look at it. 100%. You need to, you know, look at all of the remarks and, and, and the ones that are just wrong. And some of them are just positive and wrong. They're just, you know, they're just blind or whatever it is. Yeah. You have to just weed that stuff out and look at everything for, you know, it's, it's truth value. And, uh, that's what I try to do. Of course, not perfect. I've definitely, my, my, some days have been ruined by off color remarks that, you know, you just can't, you know, uh, justify, but it is what it is. It's a net net game. So for you in this business that you've been growing, obviously things are evolving. What's what's one thing through all this growth that you find that you're struggling with? Good question. Um, I struggled. I'll always struggle with this, but I'm, I'm doing a little bit better uh, now. I, I struggle with being a, um, I don't know with the compassionate, but a, kind of a compassionate leader. Um, I. I the people that I've looked up to, and I'm certainly not, I'm not, a, I'm not a mean leader by no means. Am I mean? Um, but on many occasions when, when it really separates the men from the boys, those who, you know, evaluate, you know, a, a negative circumstance and, and immediately, you know, get the positive out of it as opposed to going in rage, I've failed on multiple occasions and, and I know that's wrong. And I've, and I've worked very consciously to fix that in the last you know, 12 to, you know, 18 months. And I think I've done a pretty damn good job at it in the last couple of months. Um, but that's, it's, it's hard because this is, this is all you have. You know, I, I have mm-hmm. everyone that knows me personally knows that I, you know, apart from family, um, but I have chosen this business over my, you know, closest friends and dearest loved ones. It's just the truth. That's my priority. And it, it sounds like shit and maybe I'll regret it one day, but it's the truth. And, um, and, and when someone is going to jeopardize that with not, not just a mistake, um, uh, mistakes happen. I've never been too angry at them, but you know, uh, stupidity, you know, something that could have so easily been avoided and you're jeopardizing the one thing that I have, um, because you were just too lazy to use your eyes, you know, that drives me fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, but in the last couple of months, I've, I've really, I think I, I would even give myself like a B or a B plus in taking a step back, taking a breath, evaluating the situation and, and treating my employees and, and, and coworkers or whatever with really great respect and, and trying to get, you know, the most out of them as opposed to just, you know, uh, yelling, which who admits that it's just, it's just the truth. I mean, you know, it's a weird thing to admit that I admit it on the air, but it, it's the truth. I think I I honestly think that everyone goes through that because if you're starting a business, I mean, no one really cares as much about the business as you and no one will ever care that much. And it's difficult to comprehend because you're sitting back being like, if I was in your shoes, I'd be doing this, this and this. And all you're doing is this and you're screwing me like what the hell? Right, right. 100%. 100%. But, uh, you know, it's, it's not fair. It, it, even, even if it is fair, it's not, it's not productive to, you know, to, it's not even a matter of belittling, but it's not productive to, to yell at or to, you know, get enraged in situations like that. It's, it's never worked for me. It can never, it doesn't make me happier. It doesn't make my employees work better. It, it has no, you know, efficacy. So just got to give it up. Yeah, no doubt. How has your inner circle, um, changed over the years obviously in college to now like how has that changed how has that evolved 
That's a good question. Uh, if 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 I wasn't so confident that my inner circle probably won't be listening to this because you know they don't they don't Google my name too often, I probably wouldn't be so honest. Um, but uh, but it's hard, man. It, it is. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, it, it's 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 hard. You know, I'm from a I'm from a, a fairly small town in New Jersey, a, a pretty middle class town. Um, and you know, the success of the company has eclipsed the success of most, if not all of the adults, you know, jobs in, in, in the town that I grew up in and we're very young and, and that is a really weird thing. And, and you get shit when it's not even deserved because of that. Um, I can't tell you how many times that I've been treated kind of like unfairly by like, you know, by friends or, or just, or their parents or grown people. Um, out of out of jealousy and which yeah. isn't fair at all because it's 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 just it's just wrong so you know that's definitely affected you know my inner circle and and the people that I've stopped talking to and and you know the the relationships even like you know with women that that have that have gone you know south um, just a lot of it's out of out of jealousy and then on the other side on the flip side you know there are people that have every right to be enraged by the fact that I chose a business over them because they thought that we were better friends than we were and I still feel bad about that and I always will um, I don't regret it but I, I don't think I, I probably didn't make the I probably didn't make my priorities clear when you start a friendship. You know what I mean? It's just no matter how clear you make it, it never sounds real until you actually choose the business over over a, over a person. So it sucks. You know, I mean, yeah. now I'm in a good spot. I have some really close friends, and you know, Anna, who who's who works for TNH from day one, has become one of my probably best friends, and and that's wonderful. But we both know that we have 100% chosen the business over our friendship multiple times. So there's the commonality there. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's so true. And you know, I'm going to speak on this, and I love your kind of feedback on it. But what I found is that I found it very difficult, like in family and social settings with friends, you know, you're doing something that's completely foreign to them. So when you're having a conversation, it's sort of awkward. And you as the entrepreneur are wanting it to go a different way. And it's almost like you're going into these settings with expectations, like set expectations of what they should say. And by doing that, you're obviously let down. And recently I've been going in instead of placing the expectations on them, trying to reverse that and say, what kind of energy, what kind of person do I want to be in this situation? I feel like that's really helped yeah. me. Yeah, that, that's really good advice. That's, 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 it's just really good advice. And it's, it's, it's easier probably said than done. I bet Super that, you know, easy to say. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> you know, but it's a, it's a tough thing. And, you know, on some, I mean, it, you know, I, and then, and then you're, you know, grappling with your own, you know, shit too. I mean, you know, I was, I was pretty bullied as a kid and, and, you know, there's no doubt that there's a part of me that, you know, or, or a pretty big part of me that, you know, is driven by that kind of revenge, you know, and, and that totally seeps off into personal relationships. Not, not that I have any, not that I'm trying to get back at any of my friends because there's nothing to get back at. They've been wonderful friends, but, uh, you know, but it, it's definitely a thing. I know while some of them haven't said definitely bothersome. They're like, you've got to just get over, you know, middle school. You know, not that not that I talk about it because they, they yeah. know I don't. I don't care about it on a daily basis. But you know, there's no doubt that you know uh, a lot of what has driven this company has been you know uh, knowing that on the rare occasion that I do post an article on Facebook about you know Theo and Harris and the success, that those you know pieces of shit are reading it. 
You know, I love, I love that, you know, and it sounds so demented yeah. and it's, and it's wrong. I mean, I know it's, it's totally childish. I'll never get satisfaction from it and you've got to move on. Um, and it only affects me, you know, maybe 2% of the year, but nonetheless, yeah. it's a waste of time. So, you know, it's just, it's just being honest with yourself and understanding what problems you're having and getting through it. Whatever fuel you need, right? Yeah, definitely. Whatever fuel you need. Um, this is a question, you know, I love to ask entrepreneurs like yourself, Christian, but say you could go back, I mean, you're 23, say you could go back to your 19 year old self and sit down and not change anything, but maybe offer yourself a piece of advice or guidance. I'm wondering for you what that would be. I, I would have, I would have directed, oh geez, so many simple little things from, for Theo and Harris that I would have helped myself with. Um, you know, even with the YouTube strategy, I could explain to 19 year old me how to do YouTube so much better than 19 year old me how to do YouTube. Um, <laughs> just taking it, I, I just would have told him that, you know, Theo and Harris is my whole, from, from the day that I started it until today, Theo and Harris has basically been my entire life. That being said, you know, I, I, you know, my, my mental kind of capacity just was not there, right? I just couldn't deal with some of the larger questions about the business. And geez, if I could go back and, and smack him in the face and just tell him, you know, you know, get an office, get a recording space, do three videos a week. You know, you need a you need a balance of videos throughout the course of a month. You know, and here are the direct functions of each video. Like we would have a ten minute conversation, and I feel like the growth that Theo and Harris experienced in the first sixteen months could have been achieved in the first five. So you know, we'd be talking about a company that's much more valuable than it is today but you know can't go back so uh just have to keep uh, keep making up for 19 year old me's problems yeah no doubt and uh you know lastly here for you like i'm always interested in like what drives someone um specifically like what are the characteristics and habits that you have so like what are some some things that are standard for you on a daily basis which help you stay motivated get things done and ensure that you're taking kind of one step forward every single day that's a good question. On a small, on a small way, it's it's definitely you know a little list. I mean, I I, I keep a little list on my phone of the things that I have to do today, the small things. Um, but you know, today it's kind of funny. My list only had two things on it, right? And they were both insignificant. They could have been done in the course of you know. 40 minutes and they were, um, but I, you know, I had a, had a, you know, had to face reality today and say, you know, that the retail should because I've put so much effort into focusing on, uh, advertising and, and, and the media business, the retail the past couple of months. Um, and although numbers have not been, you know, hurt that bad, they've been hurt. So let's get back on the horse. Let's fix a couple of things, implement a new system to, you know, to, to, to get back, you know, and, and, and kill sales. Um, and, and let's rock and roll. So basically lists for small things and just kind of constant questioning of the entire business on a large end. I love it. Well, I got to tell you, Christian, I do a lot of these podcasts and not very many people are as honest as you are. And especially being 23 years old, super young for you to have the honesty and ability to kind of share what's happening and be open to what you're struggling with. It's refreshing. Thank you so much, man. You got it, man. Christian, where's the best place people can find you? If you'd like, <clears throat> sorry, I just, my voice cracked. Uh, if you're interested in watches <laughs> at, at all, uh, head on over to the watch shop at theonharris.com. But probably more of you um, that are interested in watches would like to uh, take a look at some of our content. Just a couple of weeks ago, I went down to Washington, D.C. and bought like half a million dollars in watches and wow. had to flip them, you know, had to flip them almost immediately, you know, to not kill my bank book. Uh, <laughs> so that was a funny video. So go ahead and check out the link to that. Uh, I'm sure we'll put that in the description. 
You got it. I'm going to share all these links, uh, description of this podcast, everyone under the resource section. Be sure that you follow Christian, watch his YouTube videos. If you want watches, visit his website, check it out. And now, Christian, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is we're going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought we can all go home with. It's the one word on my on my phone screensaver, and it's the word insatiable. It's a good word. It just you know means kind of impossible to make satisfying. And I think that's probably, although maybe the word that a lot of you guys out there, if you if you know what the feeling is, it's a torturous feeling and and it's terrible. But if you can kind of harness you know that healthily, then you're just going to build an incredible business because it's just never good enough. I love it. And as you can see from this interview, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger. And today, being honest with yourself, everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we have the chance to speak with Christian Zeron. Christian, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show here with us today. Thanks so much again, man. Pleasure's all mine. Everyone, be sure you subscribe to the podcast. Drop us a comment. Share this with your friends. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.